Ah, Hare Krishna. Well, we're on time. See that? Four o'clock, late time. That's called punctuality, like Krishna's mercy. Ran back from my walk. Um, I would like to read um, my Vyas Puja offering this year. In English, the offering I wrote for Prabhupada as follows Namam Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Pristaya, Bhutale, Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swaman, Niti Namine, Namaste Saraswate Deve, Gauravani Pracharine. Nivisesha Shunyavadi Paschatyadesha Tarine. So this is my offering. Well, that was part of it. I bow to my eternal spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada. This year, I will reflect on a sublime period that I think of as a golden age of ISKCON's mission in the West. I speak of the time from 1966 to 1970, a time when Prabhupada personally knew most of his devotees and they personally knew him. We can structurally compare Prabhupada's Leela in this world to that of Lord Krishna and Lord Chaitanya. Lord Krishna's pastimes in Mathura and Dwarka had the greatest impact on global affairs in terms of slaying demons and reestablishing pious rulers. But Lord Krishna's pastimes in Vraja are the sweetest, the most intimate, and the most revealing of Lord Krishna's highest nature. Similarly, for six years, Lord Chaitanya traveled around India, preaching with extraordinary success. But his pastimes in Navadweep, like those of Krishna in Vrindavan, are very sweet. He lives in a smaller community surrounded by family and lifelong friends. Prabhupada repeatedly circled the globe, creating and managing the Hare Krishna explosion. Yet I see his earlier pastimes as analogous to those of Krishna in Vrindavan and Mahaprabhu in Navadweep. As stated above, in the early days, Prabhupada knew all the devotees and in a sense they knew him. Mukunda Goswami's biography, that of Guru Das, and of course Satsarupa Goswami and others, describe these very intimate pastimes that the devotees relished in the early days of the movement. In those days, Prabhupada lived in America and declared an American city, Los Angeles, to be his world headquarters. We find in those earlier days that Prabhupada trusted his disciples to discover effective preaching strategies Prabhupada maintained boundaries, but within those generous boundaries, he encouraged the ingenuity, creativity, and local experience of his disciples. The result was wonderful. My dream and goal in life is to help to reestablish what Prabhupada created then, a truly Western Hare Krishna movement in the West. In our hearts, we, Western preachers, must bring Prabhupada back to live in our Western countries, 
by our love and service, we can relish with him the same intimate, sweet dealings that Prabhupada's early disciples did. The more we spiritually manifest Prabhupada in the West by our genuine devotion, the more, Christ, the more Western people will be attracted. Let us work together to fulfill Prabhupada's great dream of a Krishna conscious world. I signed it his servant, me. Grapefruit juice, mode of goodness offered to Krishna. Um, well, as they would say in Brazil, follow Ijisi. Um, it's challenging. We live in a very strange age. Um, I remember thinking back in the, I suppose, 80s, 90s, uh, there had been so many revolutions, like the Industrial Revolution, and then uh, just all the new technologies. And I thought, I guess that's about it. There's really nothing dramatically new. Everything's sort of been invented. And then the whole digital age began, so and it changed everything. It's common in history that people have a sense that, well, we've discovered all there is to discover, and then, of course, everything explodes. So we live in a, um, an age, digital age, and if we look at history, uh, Vaishnavas have never had to preach in an age like this, actually. Uh, we, it's interesting because on the one hand, the great acharyas are great acharyas. They show us the example of how to practice and preach Krishna consciousness. And that's always valid. And there are many eternal lessons, important eternal lessons to be learned. But specifically preaching in a world like this one is uh, there's no there's no history there's no as um, there's no manual on this so we are trying to find the ways and means to reach people to fulfill Prabhupada's dream I was just taking a Joppa walk at UCLA and uh, I was actually walking very quickly because I had to get back in time for this class. But I saw a table set up in the sort of where the students set up tables advocating different things. And there was a table advocating abortion rights. It was pro-abortion. So I couldn't resist uh, stopping by and Actually, there was a nice girl I talked to. She was uh, from a Hindu background, but an American. And uh, I told her that, um, I said, I'm approaching this not politically, but philosophically. And, and then another girl at the table, an American girl said, well, you know, this isn't philosophy, it's politics. And I said, well, it's very dangerous to separate politics from philosophy. That's how you get all kinds of horrible historical outcomes. 
horrible things have happened in history when people separated politics from philosophy. So, I made the point that um, that perhaps the central argument in favor of abortion is that women have a right to control their own body. And of course, I made the obvious point that there's another body in there. And I said, you have a very dangerous argument that's being given by the pro-abortion movement, which is that if you have two people, and let's say this person, we'll say person A, depends for their life on person B, that means that B has a right to kill A. That whenever someone depends on you for their life, you have a right to take their life. That sounds very um, awful, but that is the basic argument. Because the embryo is not independent, it depends on the mother, therefore the mother can kill it. So I, I, I told this person that was, uh, that argument I found to be a troubling argument because we can imagine all kinds of horrible applications of that principle that if someone depends on you, you have a right to kill them. And I also made the point that um, we were talking about equality, and I said, but if you believe in equality, that means you believe there's an objective metaphysical dimension of the universe because equality is not empirical. It's metaphysical. So we were talking, but of course, this today is Prabhupada's parents' day, and I want to talk about Prabhupada, but the point I'm making is that Prabhupada's dream was that we would establish ourselves as the Brahmins in society. Not simply to perform rituals. Too many times, you, frankly, you go on so many websites of Western temples, and it's all rituals. Puja, rituals. I mean, we all love the deities. But the deity wants us to save people from knowledge. And Krishna himself says in the Bhagavad Gita, that better than simply offering material paraphernalia, as in puja, is to offer knowledge. And Prabhupada himself said that to me. He said that, that for the more advanced devotees, there's knowledge, books, teaching people. That's for the more advanced devotees. So, and yet you go on the websites, I mean, probably every temple I can think of, in, in North America, you go on the website and you're just, it's all these rituals, puja, and very little about knowledge. And nothing, let's, I mean, it, it gives our doctrine, like our doctrine is, but nothing like intelligent, interesting arguments or taking on current issues and showing how Krishna consciousness has a solution, nothing like that. Not at all about knowledge. Not at all about attracting intelligent people, just rituals and puja, because apparently people who like rituals and puja give more money than people who like knowledge and do the math. So we're about rituals and puja. Um, so if you're alive in this age, I saw in North America, in January, a group of leaders met and uh, to try to figure out how do we strengthen our movement and what should we do. And interestingly, they had 10, this, this is North America, this is in the West. 
and they had 10 priorities or 10 uh, projects that we really need to focus on. And number 10, the last one, was Western preaching. It was in the list, but it was last. And then they said, well, 10 is a lot. So we picked out four that are really important and Western preaching is not really important. I, um, having been trained by Prabhupada, I found this to be a chintya, inconceivable. And these are the senior leaders who did not think that Western preaching is a priority in the West. Western preaching is not a priority in the West. The number one priority was book distribution, but but not, they didn't say like, we need to distribute books that people will actually read. We need to distribute books that people will read and understand. Books that have proved, that have been proven to actually, that people read and understand them, they make them, nothing like that. No measurement, no, and Western preaching, somehow reaching Western people directly was not a priority in the West. That is the movement that we're in right now. That is the Hare Krishna movement that we're in right now. And it's Prabhupada's movement, but it's... Um, so today in Prabhupada's Appearance Day, it seems to me that we really need to rededicate ourselves. God only knows, to quote the Beach Boys, God only knows um, what we can accomplish, how much Krishna will empower us. It's not in our hands, it's in Krishna's hands, but we really have to try because when I read that report on what the leaders of North America felt were priorities and Western preaching was not a priority in the West, um, I just thought to myself, oh my God, I just pray that Krishna empowers us to to save this movement. I really hope that Krishna will empower us to uh, to save this movement. Prabhupada, as we know, gave his life, literally gave his life, gave every drop of his blood, his energy to, to build up this mission. In the Western world, uh, everything that Prabhupada worked for is, has very much been reduced. And uh, so I think, I can't imagine what else we would do today except rededicate ourselves uh, to Prabhupada's mission. I can't imagine what else you would do today. So that's what I hope I can do. I hope I can find within myself this, enough sincerity to somehow use my time in the most valuable way possible to help Prabhupada. And I recommend or I urge all of you to do that in your own way. Everyone find the deepest sincerity that you have within you and uh, dedicate, use that sincerity to dedicate and rededicate yourself to saving Prabhupada's mission. So that's the message. I hope it's short. I hope sweet. I hope it was short and sweet. Didn't mean it to be short and bitter. I'm always hopeful as long as I'm in this world. I will always hope that we can do something 
And uh, so I hope we can, together, we can all try to rebuild Prabhupada's Western mission because literally the world depends on it, literally. Okay, well, thank you all very much. I uh, hope you have a very happy Vyaspuja day. I hope you had a wonderful Janmashtami. Thank you all for watching, and I hope to see you all soon. Hare Krishna.